Welcome to the We Are All Needed podcast, a space where we together will inspire people to do something good. This podcast is for all of us that care. We care about how we spend our days, how we show up for each other and for the planet. I'm your host, Alexander Nash. I am many things as we all are, but the things I most proudly identify with are I'm an entrepreneur, a mother, business coach, athlete, and meditation teacher. I've roamed the impact startup world for over 15 years now, and I feel like it is time to share the stories of so many fascinating people doing so many incredible things. Together with the guests on this show, we will provide inspiration that no act is too small and that we are all needed. Let's dive in to this week's episode. Today, I'm welcoming the founders behind the media platform and online magazine, Green and Beyond, Maisha and Shumo, to the podcast. Maisha is a climate journalist, a writer, and a social worker. Shomo is a climate journalist, writer, and engineer who's all about green tech and energy. They both have a deep passion to spread the message of climate optimism, and doing so particularly by using a narrative from the global south specifically from their native Bangladesh. They have a forward vision of the idealistic future that I think we should all use as a manifesto and put up on global billboards. We talk about stereotypes, burnout and climate injustice and how by educating ourselves we can take action and that all individual actions matter. Hi, Maisha and Shomo. Uh, welcome to the We Are All Needed podcast. It is so very lovely of you to take the time to be here. Thank you so much. So much. It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for inviting us. No problem at all. And on the podcast, I always like to start off with a question that kind of lands us straight on topic before we get to know you both personally a little bit better. So my question is, if you got to view the future in the most idealistic way possible, what would it look like for you? And uh, perhaps, Maisha, you can start. Um, I think Shomo has a better answer because uh, when I saw your questions, we were actually talking about it. And, uh, you know, he, he I think he said about four things. Uh, I'll just let him I'll just let him start and I'll add to it. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, actually, we we like to say this thing uh, a lot because uh, I think we mean it really that when when you say that uh, we would love the future to be safe, sus- joyful, sustainable, yeah. and just for all. That's this beautiful. Thing. And uh, if I really envision uh, the uh, try to envision the future in the most idealistic way possible, then probably a future. That future would be a future which is uh, equal for all human beings, like equal in the sense of uh, not only the like you uh, it's mentioned in the question like uh, clean drinking water for all is also the uh, basic human rights like clean the right to clean air, mm-hmm. clean water, and all the basic rights, safety, and no discrimination. Yeah. That's a beautiful answer. It's interesting that something that can seem so basic is still something that we, you know, we long for in in the future, which you think almost it should already be here, right? In 2023. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's hard for for some people um, or for many of us in certain countries to even, you know, even think that that's not. Uh, that it doesn't look like that yet. That's a that's a beautiful answer. I like that. I'd like to have that on the wall, actually, those four things. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think that it's uh, actually still a long shot to achieve that kind of a future. But yeah, I, I dream of that future a lot. Because yeah. I, I think that uh, lives are completely different in... Uh, pro- in broader perspective, uh, global south and the global north lives are very different. 
Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that's why we came up with, uh, when we think about, we, we, we talk about climate justice and climate optimism and uh, uh, overcoming the climate crisis. Uh, when we talk about all of these things, uh, we need to think uh, all of us, humanity as one single species, right? Yeah. There's no overcoming the climate crisis just for the global south or the global north or just for this country or that. We need to overcome it as a whole. Yeah. So to do that, I think we need to ensure those four things. Safety, and we need to ensure joy for all the children. The yeah. People, the, and a real sustainability and proper justice. And yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I'm sure we'll get into it more a little bit later. But me being from a country that's quite advanced in the climate, you know, innovation space, we or I I can sometimes feel like you encounter a lot of people because the way we measure the way we measure things at the moment is very like country based. Mm -hmm. So I think that in itself leads to division. So for example, Sweden is a small country and we have a lot of innovation here. So it creates a lot of, you know, why should I care? Because country X is doing that and they are a bazillion times bigger than us anyway. And I mean, I think that's a that's obviously a dangerous road to go down to because also like Sweden's biggest um, biggest financial source is exports. So I mean, we're all dependent on each other. So I think that's a really really important important aspect. And how do you do that practically? Like I, you would almost want to find a way to measure it more, you know, together instead of like the climate footprint of that country and that country because. How do they even define those? You know, the con the clothes I'm wearing might be produced in in your in your country, and the car you're driving might be produced in my country. Like, um, exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, I, I, I think you're completely right because uh, just like I was saying, it, 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 it uh, we need just like. Uh, we need to uh, overcome this crisis as a whole, uh, and to do that, we need to measure the things as a whole, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not separately, like I'm doing better than you. That doesn't work. No, exactly, because we all live on the same earth at the end of the day anyways. Exactly. So before we get a little bit more into how you know you specifically work on these issues, um, I would love to hear a little bit about who you are uh, and what your relationship is to each other and also a little bit of history, uh, you know, of who you are individually. Uh, Masha, would you like to go first? Of course. <laughs> so uh, when you tell me, when you ask me who I am, um, I would say I, I am a climate optimist uh, who thinks that she's probably better with words when she's writing. So... <sighs> I, I just chose to use my writing to create a positive impact. So I'm not only a climate journalist, but I, I also consider myself an advocate for positive change and also climate optimism because uh, that's that's exactly what I mostly try to do, spread hope and inspire action. Uh, even though I graduated with a business degree, uh, I most of my uh, career, I worked in the humanitarian sector, in the development sector. Um, and I, you know, started working as a student because I was passionate about it. And uh, for over six years, I've been involved in this sector. I've worked with uh, marginalized children and women. Uh, and this part is important to note because uh, it 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 really played a crucial role um, in where I am today. And where in what areas did you work with the marginalized women and children? Uh, in Bangladesh. Mostly. In Bangladesh, yeah. Uh, so uh, working with the marginalized women and children, uh, I realized that other than the problems that we were working with, they were part of a bigger problem, and that is climate change. They were the most vulnerable to climate change, even though they've they've done nothing to cause it. Yeah. That yeah. really got me thinking, and that was really uh, 
uh, a starting point for me. Uh, that's where I started thinking about it. And I really wanted to do something about it. But uh, later later down the lane, um, I met Shomo. So it, it's Shomo and I have a crazy story. Uh, what happened is we met online. Uh, and then we realized that we had been uh, around each other throughout our lives from childhood, since childhood. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, we've lived, we've lived in the same area. We've uh, His sister was in the same school and college and university as me. In fact, he was in the same university as me, and we never met. You never <laughs> met. Wow. So it was insane. And in fact, he was also working in the development sector. And uh, it's insane how, how much we connected. Uh, and then later, we basically got married. But before that... <laughs> Before that, we started off Green Beyond. Uh, uh, we we started Green Beyond Green Beyond when uh, when we were hit by the pandemic. Oh, okay. So what happened? Yeah, uh, at that point in time, we started to realize that uh, while we were in you know locked down in our houses, we realized how the absence of humans uh, in nature uh, in started to sort of make the air cleaner, the environment better. And we realized how our daily activities was affecting the planet. It's something we noticed. And uh, it also got us to think more. And then we also realized how this pandemic was actually nothing. We, we were actually part of a bigger, you know, it was actually part of a bigger problem, a bigger pandemic, and that is climate change. So, that's when we started educating ourselves just out of passion. We wanted to, you know, what, what we saw was not many people were talking about it in Bangladesh and we were living in one of the most climate, climate vulnerable countries in the world. Yeah. So, you know, we, we tried to think about it, uh, you know, how we could spread more awareness. Uh, so that's where we started educating ourselves. We did courses and we started engaging in communities and then we just started off Green and Beyond as a platform to just raise awareness, uh, not, nothing else really. So, you know, over time we started uh, doing campaigns and, um, you know, basically a lots of social media campaigns to raise awareness and get people involved. And uh, then we started to notice that uh, we were not only getting national uh, recognition, we were actually getting responses from people all around the world. So there was this time we did this um, exhibition, yeah. uh, you know, photography exhibition. Uh, it was uh, focused on, uh, it was called Climate Capture. Um, so that's where we got responses from over 15 countries from around the world. Oh, wow. So, Is that a, did you did a, you did an exhibition in, in Bangladesh that you then shared online or was it on online? <laughs> yeah, it, it was just online. It was just on our website. Oh, and wow. uh, since we were just a simple platform, it wasn't a business or anything. We did not gain anything from that. We, we were just doing because we wanted to spread awareness. And we got responses from 15 countries. And it was insane for us. It was mind boggling. So <laughs> we were like, okay, we, we could do something about this. And this could go bigger because people are recognizing us. People are, you know, we, we must be doing good work. So <laughs> we continued to educate ourselves and we continued to engage more with people communities and uh, we started to try new things and uh, that's where you know after trying innumerable things we started to realize that uh, Shomo and I we've, we've both been writers since childhood we've both been very passionate about writing uh, and that's where we thought okay maybe this is something we should utilize uh through this platform and that's where the idea of a digital magazine came up uh, because I'm also a designer so we started everything from scratch um, I, in fact I learned how to make a website and everything and we got registered and uh, did all those things uh, from scratch so yeah that's how we really wow. started and what do you think <laughs> what do you think made your in the beginning your platform different than other initiatives out there why do you think you got recognized or noticed? I think uh, what we were doing is, uh, while most platforms we see are talking about the negative impacts of climate change, 
what's happening around the world, all the doom and gloom, what we were trying to do is spread more hope, uh, talk about what we can do about it. Yeah. And, you know, try also try to not make it uh, look like, um, look too serious because, you know, you have to make it a part of your life. Yeah. Yeah. You have um, to... Yeah, I, that's exactly. really interesting. There's There's obviously so many ways you can go about this topic because it's such a heavy topic. And I think when you when you talk too much about the negative side you kind of confirm the people that already know but it's obviously you want to reach the people that aren't in that sphere and and those people will continue living the lives the way they they are i don't think they will you know necessarily I mean, I don't know, drag around a reusable water bottle. Maybe that's a bad example. But, you know, they they will still buy stuff because it's it's cool. So you you got to I think we got to find a way to make it cool and fun. Instead of exactly. something that's just doom, you know, it's just gloomy. Exactly. Exactly. That's really yeah, so what was it like to start? a? I mean, obviously, it must have been pretty well since gone pretty well since you got married afterwards but what was it like to start a a business with your partner oh it, it was pretty cool to be honest uh you know we, we were uh it, it, we were like best friends so it was fun working together but yes uh you know in the beginning for every entrepreneur it's we, we do face hard times uh yeah. it's really tough I think it only made us stronger because we went through all of that together. Um, and then, then then we experienced little joys as well. Uh, we had this platform that was like uh, sort of like uh, our dream platform. They, they were like our motivation. Yeah. Uh, and that was, uh, I, I think you know them, uh, Green is the New Black. So we yeah. love their platform. And uh, when they when they recognized us, when they followed us and then, you know, it, it it was it was a milestone and there there are so many little milestones like these uh it, it it's been amazing it's been an amazing ride uh of course we we do face hard times uh you're an entrepreneur yourself you know that yeah uh, we've been sent out so many times we've thought of just shutting everything off and then just get back to our regular lives get back to a regular job uh but then we kept getting back and we never stopped. So that's where, you know, so that's what has brought us here now. And we're doing good. <laughs> and I'm very happy. There are no regrets at all. That's wonderful. I'm really, I was, when I first found you, I was really impressed about how many people that you've interviewed that's quite, that have quite big names in the space. Um, because I started like you know I started one of my eco businesses quite a while ago now 2015 and a lot of them started coming around that time and now they've gone quite big like for example my Swedish friend Anna Therese in New York like we kind of followed the same time and now she's written the book about climate optimism um, and it's really fun to see that like everyone you know it, it's all connected and uh, that they find so much value in being part of your platform. Yeah, we, we actually uh, interviewed Anasiris as well. Uh, it, it's going to be published very soon. Oh, did you? Oh, that's fun. Oh, that's really, really fun. I hope maybe she'll be on the podcast soon too. So if you hear this, I know you will when you're a little bit less busy. <laughs> she has a lot going on. And uh, Shomo, tell me a little bit about you. Who are you and what's your backstory? Uh, actually, Masha covered it pretty well. Yeah. Uh, my too. Uh, uh, so now I, I'm the editor and of course uh, one of the co-founders of Green and Beyond Mag uh, and I graduated uh, as an engineer and an electrical engineer actually majored in renewable energy oh, so nice. I, I was actually uh, a bit into climate change and climate science uh, from uh, the early uh, early university days and uh how did Actually, you choose I, that major? Sorry, did you 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 had that interest from a really young age since you picked it already yeah. in university or? 
uh, I, I actually picked uh, picked that up uh, in university because uh, uh, I was trying to uh, uh, find a major, find a thesis topic that was uh, not very regular in uh, our university, and I actually picked up solar car. And uh, I, along with uh, four of my friends, we actually developed a prop, not a small, but actually uh, we made, we built a car. Wow. Our, we, <laughs> we, <laughs> we found out a, a old body of a car and we found tires and we uh, moved out the engine and we uh, 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 set out the motor and uh, uh, set the solar panels over the car. And yeah, oh, we, wow. we actually built our uh, car with our own hands that, and what <laughs> so, when was this what year was this about it, it was it started in 2014 and we uh oh. finished our uh, project uh, thesis project in two, at the end of the 2015 so wow. at least one day. did the car so, actually work yeah it actually worked it did it actually did work that's really cool so it was nice and uh, before that I actually got uh, kind of I got into uh, the environmental issues uh, back then when I, I don't know whether you know it or not but there was a big earthquake in Nepal uh, uh, in the Himalaya zone yeah so uh, in that time uh, uh, the South Asian regions uh, were uh, facing too many earthquakes and I was terrified I was really really terrified like uh, I, I kind of uh, uh, th uh, thought about dying uh, uh, because of earthquake every single day. And oh, wow. uh, I felt like we are all unprepared. So yeah. what I did was, uh, I'm not a designer like Masha. I was a writer from childhood. I used to write actually lyrics and poems. Oh, wow. <laughs> not more than that. And uh, uh, fun blogs and freelancing shitty blogs, really. Not so serious things. But uh, later, uh, when that happened, that earthquake happened, and I I, I was uh, going through that panic stage. Uh, so what I did was I actually opened up a, a Facebook group, a Facebook page, yeah. and I started making very basic posts, uh, which contains uh, uh, like emergency phone numbers and uh, the instructions like if uh, an earthquake hits so what we should do and where should to, where should we go and things like this and i, I was all alone uh, and later uh, after uh, that came the solar car and then after graduating i thought that i'm not going to pursue my uh, career in engineering because <laughs> why why did you know that right away yeah kind of because uh, after graduating, uh, I actually had no interest in engineering work anymore. I was more into social social work. So what I did was I started uh, knocking at the doors of uh, NGOs, nonprofits. But uh, later I got into one that's called CNRS, Center for Natural Resource Studies, mm -hmm. and uh, I did a professional internship and then uh, joined the research team. Uh, and uh, that was also solar based based research. Uh, and yeah, uh, after that, I uh, worked in a USAID project. Uh, uh, that's actually a peace building pro project, not a, a very climate related one, but yeah. that was fun too. Uh, and, but I was actually never a nine to five guy. Yeah. <laughs> what I did was I, uh, I didn't uh, continue that job. Too, and then I got back to freelancing again and started writing those shitty blogs again. And, <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> and here we are. Then I found out my channel. I thought, okay, maybe this is something we could really do because I was really into those environment and uh, still running that uh, earthquake page and trying to do these uh, things. And uh, before that, I also, uh, uh, just out of curiosity, I finished uh, there are some courses on uh, UNCC eLearn, yeah. uh, where you can learn about climate change and sustainable living, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, right? Uh, so we, uh, I did those courses because I, I thought that uh, if apocalypse hits now, these are the things that I will need. <laughs> so I was making myself prepared for that, those kind of times. So yeah, 
Then the pandemic hated and I thought, okay, now my time has come. Now has it come. That's perfect preparation. <laughs> and then yeah. you decided to completely change and go for the more positive spin on the on the whole thing. Absolutely. That's the story. That's that's an amazing story. I can't believe you built a car. That's pretty cool within itself. So how yeah. so how did you how did you pick, you know, how did you know that this topic was yours to create change around the positive climate change? Because you mentioned a few different topics like marginalized marginalized women and children and and solar and you built something from scratch. There are so many ways you could have taken it. You could have, you know, started a consultancy business or created a product or, I mean, there's many. How did you land on on the fact that you wanted to do, you know, a platform, a media platform that had this positive energy around it? Like the first thing was, uh, like I said, I was not a nine to five guy. And the second one was I was I still am probably too lazy to work on something myself, like to build a product or something. Uh, and uh, I think uh, from my teenage days, I'm a, I'm actually a metalhead. I, I'm a big fan of metal music. Oh, okay, and interesting. So, what's your what favorite band? Uh, there are so many, uh, but uh, probably heavy metal is the genre, and probably Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden. Manowar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My husband likes that as well. I don't listen to it so much though, but our children are forced to listen to it sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, my teenage days were actually pretty doom and gloom. So, um, when I I was grow, growing up, so I realized that uh, the heaviness of those that doom and gloom is literally taking a toll on my life, my mental health, my physical health, and everything. So. Focusing on the positives is really important. Yeah. Number one. And uh, second is, yeah, there, there were so many things I could have done, but uh, I thought what's the uh, easiest thing that uh, I could do that back then. Yeah. yeah. And the easiest thing I, I could have done was to write about these things because I was a writer from my very childhood. So this and uh, just like you said, and just like Maisha said, uh, mostly people talk about the, uh, uh, doom and gloom things like uh, the floods happening here, the wildfires there. Yeah, and it's important to keep ourselves updated about those things. But if we lose the hope, then the doom and gloom actually brings nothing but inaction. Yeah, I mean, I totally, um, I totally agree on that. I was. I was at a like a charity gala a long time ago that were trying or they were gathering money to save the polar bears. And I think the polar bear is such a good example because a while ago, do you remember all those pictures that were, you know, with the starving polar bears? And they were, I mean, they were horrible to watch. And I always wonder how much those, uh, how much those um, images actually change people more than they make then they make you sad but now you see you know more in social media and in media you see the videos of the polar bears you know playing you know because they're really playful animals and there's this big video there's this video that has a bazillion views of this polar bear that plays with their children and they go under the ice and they do that and I mean I think that's such a good example of that one brings you hope and you're like, I want to see more of this. I want the polar bears, you know, to be happy and play with their kids. And how can I, how can I make that, make sure that they can continue with that? Um, and I think it's like that with everything, you know, you can, just because you try to put a positive spin on it doesn't mean that you are, um, you know, minimizing the issue. Absolutely. I, I think you're trying just to motivate people it's like going to the gym, you know, like who wants to go to the gym if someone just yells at you that you're fat and ugly and slow? <laughs> Probably no one. But if someone says every day, oh, you're looking a little bit better, I think you're more likely to go back to the gym. <laughs> totally. And actually, uh, there's also another re uh, reason that uh, I started uh, Green and Beyond uh, and Green and Beyond Mag and also Maisha that uh the narratives that 
the narratives of the global south or the narratives of this part of the lands are are really missing from from the space uh, where the conversation is going on like yeah. whenever we talk like when we uh, uh Marsha told the name green is the new black you recognize them but uh if you think about platforms like that from asia you you won't find many no no but we are the ones who are facing it firsthand and we're the ones suffering most from it and there are so many stories to tell and so many things to um things that's going on in this part of the land world yeah. right yeah so maybe uh even uh like uh, or for example uh there's also another reason like say for art five studios uh, uh, when they hear a story from uh, probably Vietnam and they bring up that story, uh, I feel like what I feel like is uh, that story is being told uh, in the form of a, a narrative that, that that's actually the narrative of the global north. Yeah, yeah. But so what I thought was, uh, okay, if they're doing this, that's pretty good. These people are doing great work, and I took inspiration from them. And I thought that maybe we uh, could do something uh, similar too, but from our narrative. What do you think it, is the biggest? What do you think is the biggest difference? Or um, if you were to explain the your narrative a little bit more for someone that's maybe is not so you know well, well educated on the differences in in the world, how would you explain? Could you explain that in short to the listeners? I think uh, uh, when uh, we're trying to uh, bring out the narrative of this part of the uh, world, uh, emotions uh, runs higher than uh, the global north because we're facing it firsthand. Yeah. Like, uh, like for example, when we're talking about sustainable fashion, yeah, uh, uh, a big movement like fashion revolution got. Uh, uh, took birth uh, because of the event like Rana Plaza and Rana Plaza happened in our country but yeah. uh, it's good that Fashion Revolution or Solar and Carrie Somers that they're doing it but uh, it's important to uh, like when uh, you are listening to a garment worker they don't they're not educated they can't even write in Bengali no forget of English so when they're saying they're trying to say their stories and uh, a translator who is trying to translate those and uh, try to convey those messages to, uh, to the people of the global north, there are so many things that the, those are get uh, the, uh, that uh, gets uh, eliminated and missed from the, those stories. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, what I thought was okay, at least uh, if uh, we just focus on one thing, say for example, uh, fashion and the fashion industry, and Bangladesh is a big name in the fashion industry. Yeah. And uh, if we reach out to those people, so we can uh, listen to them in their mother tongue and uh, in which uh, uh, they will they can express uh, uh, their feelings uh, completely and we can understand them too properly and we, we, we can convey those messages too. And the second thing is uh, uh, the uh, difference in narratives is I, I think what I'm not sure about it though. Uh, I think... Uh, like our culture is actually very ancient. Like we were all a part of the greater India, yeah. like Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, everyone, like Indian subcontinent. Uh, so there are many things culturally, those are uh, when we, we are, say for example, we are making a post about sustainable lifestyle and living. And there are so many things we uh, uh, like using the reusable or upcycling. These are new fancy words for so many people, but uh, for us, those are very regular things. Yeah. yeah. We have upcycling for generations. Maybe my great, great, great grandfather was used to upcycling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that, it's really interesting that you bring that up because I was listening to someone talking about farming uh, a while ago and they were talking about regenerative farming and you know it's this fancy new word uh, that we are trying to do but the people that lived on the land from the beginning of who we have often taken the land from um, that's all they did exactly. that's what farming was exactly exactly so yeah I actually watched, I don't know if you've seen it, I can't remember what it's called now, but it's a show on Netflix that follows a photographer 
an Australian photographer um, to Bangladesh. It has it has two it has two episodes on each topic, um, and one was about children in Bangladesh, and then like the other two was about the coral reef, and it has and it kind of tells uh, the 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 story of how powerful a picture can be to the world. And they are in Bangladesh and they visit the, uh, I'm sorry, but I can't remember the city, but where a lot of children live on like the train tracks. Actually, actually uh, this is another thing. Like uh, you, you can find in every city of Bangladesh, you can find children living on the train tracks, yeah. every city. But then again, you can find uh, areas in uh, our capital, Dhaka, yeah. that uh, people whose lifestyles are probably way more lavish than yours. Yeah, yeah. People, uh, th there are people who, uh, who actually owns uh, Bugattis and Ferraris and yeah. Mercedes at the yeah. same time. And yeah. you won't believe that these are from the same country where no. people are sleeping in those rail, uh, rail lines. No, no. And I mean, that's a really interesting thing about, uh, about the... The narrative because I haven't worked so much in Asia but I've worked quite a lot in Africa and um, for example my children that are pretty small to their defense but they when I go to Africa they have this view and I mean they're not old they're just like eight years old but they think that all of Africa is just very poor people and it's just sand everywhere and I'm like where have you gotten because I've never told that story and they've never been. So I'm like, how are you eight years old? And that's what you think. And I then try to show them pictures of like, you know, Nairobi and like, like you say, the cars. And I mean, I, these people have a much better life in than we do. And it's interesting with the narrative, how, how we think that showing only that side is somehow going to be, make things better because I mean, I, I think it just creates a bigger division. Maybe it, it creates this like us and them kind of thing when we're all the same. Yeah, just like uh, that's actually a very interesting point that you brought. Like, uh, I, I don't uh, know, uh, like I'm not a regular practicing one, but uh, I'm a Muslim. Yeah. Yeah. So what when you think about Muslims, um, people mainly actually think about the Arabs. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And, and when they think about the Arabs, they actually most mostly generally people. Uh, the, what what I found out think about the the crazy Arabs who are are really a, a bit radicals. Yeah. <laughs> but the, there are people like us too, the like metalheads and hip hop listeners. Yeah, yeah. Regular people. Yeah, that's a good blog post for you there. How you can be a metalhead and a Muslim. It's actually possible to be both. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's actually weird that uh, the uh, the mainstream media, uh, the picture that uh, mainstream the, that the mainstream media paints is actually uh, not not very. It's very partial. Yeah, yeah. Like African poor and Arab is radical and. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And how, what would you say, what's the climate narrative in Bangladesh? Is it the climate change? Is it talked about a lot? Um, if it is, what what do they talk about mainly? What's the, you know? Like fl floods and uh, cyclones are uh, very common here. Yeah. Uh, the mainstream media or the government actually don't, don't or the people actually don't uh, much talk, talk much about sustainable living here. No. Okay. Because, uh, because, uh, uh, when you when you think about the poor people or the uh, general people, they actually live sustainably. Yeah, that's that's another. Yeah, that's a whole other issue. <laughs> they they actually they are conscious consumers because they don't have that much of resources. No. They they have to be conscious about. They have a consumer. low carbon footprint, not by choice. Exactly. Exactly. So th that's one. Uh, the mostly the uh, things that uh, are talked about in uh, our countries are the adaptation and mitigation plans after after the severe extreme weather events oh, like okay. 
like when a flood happens or when you face a severe cyclone, then what? Yeah. So people are people in the say for example the coastal lands, coastal areas. They they don't know about the, they probably even don't know about the word climate change, but they know what to do when when the flood hits. Yeah. When the dam breaks. Uh, when the storm blows uh, away their homes or the cattle, they know that. They know. So they that's know really that sad. <laughs> yeah, that's sad. True. And uh, secondly, the things that uh, that are recently that uh, that's mostly being talked about is uh, renewable energy. Mm -hmm. our, our country is actually uh, trying to uh, shift to at least 40 to 60 percent uh, uh, to solar and uh, wind within 2025 or 30 probably and Bangladesh was the first country to pr uh, probably uh, uh, submit their uh, goals to the United Nations uh, regarding the climate action plans that's great <laughs> so yeah the, the government regardless of the all the other political issues uh climate wise bangladesh is actually doing a great work uh in the adaptation and mitigation sector yeah that's really interesting to know yeah that's something that's not being talked about so much either so in your uh entrepreneurial journey of of starting this what's what has been your biggest surprise so far um probably uh the surprise as in good surprise or bad one both. <laughs> uh, like the, the bad kind of surprises happens every day, kind of. <laughs> like uh, I, I, I can say one about uh, uh, about one that happened recently. That, yeah, that, please. That surprising, uh, but uh, like we reach out to the like, events, right, for media partnerships. Yeah, because we're a media. So uh, what we do uh, for fun and for uh, also serious things, we also reach out to the regular fast fashion events because fashion is something that they're supposed to be sustainable. That uh, That's what we think. Yeah. So we reach out to them and we ask, uh, like uh, the fashion industry is one of the biggest polluters in the world. So what is your event doing about it? How are you, uh, you addressing the sustainability in the sector of fashion as an event? Yeah. Right. So what happened is I'm not gonna uh, name the event, but we reached out to this event and they uh, got get back got back to us and said that uh, okay our PR agency is going to uh, uh, be in contact with you people. So we said okay great, uh, fine. So their PR agency got back to us and our, uh, uh, they actually what they told that uh, you people are very very small time and we actually don't want want that. And so what happened is uh, we replied back like uh, and we said that uh, it's actually not uh, how much bigger or smaller we are. We actually reached out to you because we thought that as a fashion event, you should act, this is 2023 and you should yeah. actually have sustainability. You were, you were organizing an event like a fashion week. And you are yeah. not addressing anybody. How sad is that? In uh, that event is from Europe. That's sad. Yeah. And you lose. And and I know that. And if you're ignoring me and avoiding me by saying that I'm a multimedia, I'm pretty sure that you are actually avoiding the whole sustainability agenda. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So that that <laughs> is quite shocking, isn't it? So yeah, that's a recent one. And uh, if I uh, talk about the positive ones, like one, that was one Maisha said, when Green is the New Black followed us back and their founders, Steph and Paula, uh, we talked with them. They're very nice, very humble people. That was overwhelming for me too. And there's this guy called, uh, uh, there's this uh, non-profit called uh, Huffcut ORG from Australia. There's this guy, crazy guy called Jimmy Huffcut and they shave their heads half and uh, beers half uh, oh, to okay. raise surface, uh, to replant the rainforest in Australia. So what happened is uh, I was taking a, a nap uh, in the afternoon. What uh, that's what we also do in the Indian subcontinent. Uh, it's like the Spanish siesta. Oh, nice! Like, I like that. 
<laughs> so I was taking a nap and suddenly I, I heard a notification and uh, I looked at my phone and holy shit, Jimmy Hafkart followed us back. <laughs> I, was over, I was over the moon. That's really that cool. cool. Oh, congratulations. That's amazing. But yeah, how do you how do you nurture yourselves? And I think you mentioned a little bit, I mean, it's easy to burn yourself out um, when you're an entrepreneur and almost more so when you have such a passion and there's so much impact behind it because there's so much you want to do and, you know, and so much you want to get out there. How do you take care of yourselves to make sure that you can also, you know, sustain? Uh, because without you, there is no green and beyond. Uh, I think Maisha takes care of herself and myself better than <laughs> I do. <laughs> she, she's the perfect one to answer this. Please, Maisha. Maisha, do you have any go-tos that you try to, any routines or anything you do to try and, you know, stay sane and happy and healthy? We we do have hard times. We, we've had hard times. We, we, we do get burned out very frequently. And uh, what happens is... Uh, we always try to maintain a routine. Uh, I, I am I am someone who's always tried to stay organized. So I'm taking notes all the time and I'm always making charts and I'm always arranging what to do next and, you know, check marks and stuff. It's really satisfying <laughs> when I mark things off of my yeah. uh, list. Uh, so I always try to take notes. Uh, that really helps uh, keep me sane. So whenever I have a thought, because there's so many things to do, and we have a very small team. Um, so, you know, whenever something pops in my head, I'm always noting it down. And I'm always, uh, you know, when whenever there is something that pops in my head or in Shomo said, he's always sharing it with me. So we all know what's going on. And uh, so, like, like I just said, uh, we try to maintain a routine. But what happens is every time we make a routine, since we work from home, uh, what happens here? Uh, is that since we live with our families, we we there are times that things don't go as planned, and that yeah. happens a lot. Uh, guests come over, family plans, and then uh, you know we have to go out and meet someone, and so many <laughs> uh, unexpected things happen all the time. And then uh, you know since you're in the house, uh, a lot of people don't realize that you're working. So it's it's I was also gonna tough. say, yeah, how do you set the boundaries? Oh, it's really hard. It's really hard around here. Uh, so what uh, yeah, like I was saying, the routine. So the routine always gets uh, hampered, and then we have to recreate the routine. But when the routine gets hampered, we have a burnout phase uh, for quite some time. Yeah. So that really happened recently, just this week. Uh, I think I emailed you that we were uh, away from work. Yeah. Uh, we, actually, we actually took a break. We had to take a break. We were so burned out. We were working like a, it, it's. We this is something we totally uh, you know, don't preach. Uh, that we have to slow down. We always try to tell people you need to slow down. Yeah. Uh, we always try to go against the hustle culture. And in fact, uh, I have an intern. Uh, uh, you know, the and also my team, I always try to uh, tell them that you need to always communicate with me what's what's the best for you, what's the most flexible for you. And we'll always try to keep it flexible, keep it slow, uh, just maintain communication and we'll be good. Yeah. So I try to preach that, but I myself, uh, it's it's really hard for me to maintain it for myself, and uh, I know that Shomo faces it a lot as well. Uh, we both do together, <laughs> and so yeah, last just this week, uh, Shomo was like, "That's it, I, I'm leaving Dhaka. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving Dhaka. I'm taking two days off. Uh, you want to come with me? I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> and then we, and then we just. Uh, but what happened was, you know, just to take these two days off. We had to finish, we, we had to take up more work for those two days and then finish them off. Yeah. But it somehow went faster because, you know, we were excited about the trip. And yeah. so we took a certain trip to Sri Mongol. Um, it's, we, were, we, were, we were in an eco cottage. It was like in the middle of a jungle and, you know, oh, hills wow. and stuff. So it was totally, it was like a, a what, what do you call it? A digital detox. Yeah. <laughs> Did you manage to relax and not, not do any work? 
we did we did we did not do any work so that's very impressive because it's it's hard for us to yeah. <laughs> not do any work we love our work by the way it it might sound like uh we we, we were exhausted and we were burnt out but we always get burnt out when you do a, a lot of anything right yeah uh, of even- course and even more so if you love it i mean if you love it it's even harder to set the boundaries isn't it can't stop no so, we just keep doing it and then it's I, I really love my work and we both love our work and it, it's really hard for us to take breaks but we did take a break this time we for the whole of the two days actually almost three days we did not get to work at all uh and, and yeah, how it, and how was everything when you came back was it it was still standing uh what we did was uh we just before leaving we created a new fresh routine that we will start with right after we get back so i think it's a pretty good start it's it's running quite well yeah that's a great idea and then and then i think it's always you know these little micro micro habits or micro breaks are often I think it's important to take those because then then maybe you don't have to, of course it's nice to go away for 3 days every now and then but if you mm-hmm. take smaller breaks maybe you can avoid having to you, to you know um take such big breaks as well even though they're needed um you know yes. little afternoon naps or walks in you just walks in nature or a moment of stillness or just anything to kind of break break away from the from all the work yeah also yoga uh, and meditation yeah those so has the tendency of you know he he always tries to make me get up and move around quite a bit because i always forget i'm i'm like working and working and working and i forget that i have to get up and maybe walk a little bit move my body around so yeah. just uh, I'm this afternoon he got me up and then he just shook me and it's like <laughs> move your body you'll you'll fall sick so yeah uh we always i think it's not just me uh he he plays a huge role in making sure that i'm doing all right and yeah. i try for him as well we have to keep reminding each other that you know we have to stay well in order for this to you know in order to keep continuing our work yeah that's uh, a beautiful companionship <laughs> thank you If I got to if you can uh answer with maybe one or two words uh what would you say if I asked you what lights you up Masha um or just one or two words yes oh that's so hard oh there's so many things like um, I'm by nature a very cheerful person so I see joy in the simplest of things <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, <laughs> so the you. simple little things, yeah, they light you up. Yeah, they, in fact, uh, simplest things like uh, I always pause to look at the sky and I'm like mesmerized how uh it how it was just 5 minutes ago it was a different kind of mesmerizing and now it's totally different. It's 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 beautiful. Nature is beautiful. I think nature is what lights me up. What lights you up. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Uh nature and good news uh, I always uh, uh look for the Sundays when Jessica Klechka usually shares the positive climate news. Yeah. I, I love this. I love that series. Um music uh parents, friends and Masha. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's lovely. And then on the contrary what makes you angry? Uh so many things. <laughs> okay, if I just name one that there's a uh, climate injustice. Yeah. That's hard now. It's hard. Yeah. It's a big one. I think I think I agree uh, with Shom on that. I feel the same about it. Yeah. I think that's uh that's definitely something that should be talked about more uh climate change should maybe take a little bit of a back seat that wording um and uh, climate injustice should be more spoken about mm-hmm. um because it's still a fairly 
which still baffles me. I wouldn't say it's a new, it's, of course, it's not a new concept, but if you look in the media, it's still kind of a, you know, I can still read articles in big newspapers that say, oh, you know, in the future, we'll have climate refugees. You know, it's like we've had that for how long? Um, I think just recently, uh, we had this news, right? Shoma, you were telling him about uh, the life expectancy thing in Bangladesh. Uh, not only Bangladesh, actually, the whole South Asia, including China, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Nepal, Burma, Sri Lanka, Myanmar, yeah. all our expectancy uh, decreased for about five to six years due to air pollution. Really? So and we have so little to do with it. We, we had nothing to do with it. That's wow. the sad part. Wow. Yeah, that... that that takes a little bit to sink in yeah yeah and that is... we... go ahead uh we, we actually we take uh think like uh, probably your parents had nothing to do with it and they're gonna face it it sucks a lot. yeah yeah uh, we're gonna start uh wrapping up a little bit um because i think we can talk for a really long time um it's a this is a very um I'm very grateful that you're here because it's a very interesting conversation and I think it needs to be heard and I think you even though you're great at writing you should probably maybe do even more things like this to get the word out okay um if I if I were to ask you what's the what's the one thing you did in your childhood that you wish you had more time to do now as an adult what would it be I love that question. Uh, as a child, I was very creative. Uh, I still try to be, uh, but I was so much into painting and sketching and uh, calligraphy. Uh, and I always, I still remember these things and I still want to make time for doing these things. Uh, yeah, I think I miss that a lot because painting was like therapy to me. And uh, like very recently, very recently, by very recently, I mean, I tried it like uh, three years ago, a little bit I tried. And then I saw how bad I got at it. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but I think I should get back to it. I definitely should get back to it. And maybe I can get better with time again. And yeah, I, it was, it was so healing. It, it was amazing. And I, I think I should get back to it. Thank you for reminding me. No, maybe that's your maybe that's your routine of stillness is to you know is to do a little bit of scribbling or art. And yeah. what about you, Shomo? I would actually uh, love to read more, like I used to in the childhood, and probably play uh, football. I mean, soccer uh, that I don't anymore. <laughs> no, uh, that's the yeah. Those are the two things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I think these, it's interesting how when we're younger, we do so many more things just because, you know, just because we like them, just because they make us happy. And then as we get older, we put all these things onto them, you know, like we're not good enough or they're not productive enough or they don't have an outcome. Why should I spend time doing it when I think joy is more than enough often why we should do something. Yeah. Um, like sorry. Uh, I was thinking uh, something similar uh, uh, a few days ago. Like, I never realized the day that I went, uh, that I had my last game, last soccer game, that when I left the field, I never knew that that was my last game, right? No. I never knew that. No. And now when I think about it, probably I, I would have never stopped. No. I would have kept playing. That's an interesting that's an interesting perspective and I think that goes probably for a lot of things we never really know when it's the last time we do them exactly if you were to give the listener one simple thing um, that they could do today to create more impact for humanity or for the planet what would that thing be it's mm, a tough one one thing educate yourself more yeah. educate keep keep yourself educating more about 
the simplest topic simplest topics and in the ways in which uh indiv individual actions matter yeah no matter where you are from individual actions matter so educating ourselves is the most important thing that uh, i think and so people should act actually never stop educating uh, themselves uh, and yeah let's see take actions small small Not actions yeah that's great that's a great tip and that's you know kind of the tagline of this podcast as well is that i want us all to feel like we are needed because i think what we do what matters you know and all the small things end up to a big thing and we can't sit around and wait for someone to create some sort of law that makes us all do that one thing together i think we all need to do just small things every day Absolutely. Great. And what about you, Maisha? Do you have one? Oh, wow. Shomu, Shomu answered it perfectly. And there's no better answer than that. No. <laughs> so when, when you educate yourself, you know about these things. And when you know about these things, you, you just, you, you're bound to take action. It's hard to it's unlearn your... them, unknow them, right? Exactly. So it's your home and it's, it's your responsibility to take care of your home and to make sure do your you do your best to protect your home uh, of course uh individuals have uh very little to do with all the doom that's happening uh it's it's mostly to do with the big names uh but when you think about it as an individual we think we have so much less power but when you look at it uh from a bigger perspective uh individuals doing it all together the, the change is insane yeah and when one person is doing something there's a ripple effect and yeah. people around are uh, getting aware of these things and getting inspired by them and then these ripple effects grow bigger and bigger and uh, you know make further change so even if you start small know that it's making an impact yeah that's beautiful if you can just you know affect or inspire one person i think you've done a good job absolutely Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for saying that. Oh, that's great. So how can we support you? How can me and the listener support you in the best way? <laughs> I think uh, the best way you can support us is... Uh... Really do that. Do those things. <laughs> yeah, do those things. That's that. Yeah, definitely. And where mm -hmm. can where can they find you, and where can they support you online in the best possible way? Um, you can you can find us on greenandbeyondmag.com. Uh, that's where our digital magazine is. You can read our articles there. Um, if if you're working in the field, uh, if you're working with something green, uh, if you're a green entrepreneur, if you're if you're a green content creator, or even if you're just an individual. Uh, who just wants to create change. And I, I want to remind everyone that you don't need a seal or or like a title to be a climate advocate. When you realize your power, when you realize that uh, it's your home and it's your responsibility to protect it, and you want to spread awareness about it and you want to educate people about it, you're a climate advocate yourself. And if, if, if you feel that within you, and if you get inspired by our work, maybe uh, reach out to us uh, if you want to collaborate with us we love collaborating we love this community this community is beautiful uh, Shomo and I have uh, both got a little bit of taste of the corporate and uh, it's so different here it's insane because uh, this this journey here with Green and Beyond has made us realize how beautiful this community is there's no competition uh, everyone is helping each other grow yeah and and it's so fulfilling and we're so happy <laughs> we're so grateful for this and and of course like like I, I was saying uh reach out to us uh if you have ideas if you want to get your uh piece published maybe in a digital magazine reach out to us if you want to collaborate for a campaign let us know if you have an event uh you want to spread awareness about it maybe it's about sustainability maybe it's it's for a good cause let us know and we'll we'll help you spread the word that's great. Yeah. That's really, that's very, very kind of you. 
Thank you. Thank you so much again for taking the time and for all your inspiration and knowledge and for letting us all know that we are all needed and that we can all do something together. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us here and thank you for helping us uh, spread our message. And thank you for all that you do. You inspire us so much, Alex. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for using your precious time to listen to the We Are All Needed podcast. And if you find the podcast valuable, please rate, review, and most importantly, share this episode so that we can spread more goodness out there in the world. If you want to work with me, find out more about the guests or the community, please jump on over to www.thecircularentrepreneurs.com. Until next time.